Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Today, friends, like we always do on this podcast, we have an exciting guest doing exciting things to make the world a better place. His name is Mike Blessing, and he is with the Libertarian Party Second Amendment Caucus. So welcome to the podcast, Mike. Hi, I'm glad to be here. We're glad to have you. So let us get started by you kindly giving us an introduction to yourself, a brief biographical sketch. I'm 52 years old, originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I moved out here to New Mexico back in 1994. I've been involved in the Libertarian Party and the larger movement since, oh, yeah, about uh, 95, 96 was... Um, I signed up with the LP in 94, and it was um, in in 96 is when I read um, The Probability Broach by L. Neal Smith, um, Why Government Doesn't Work by Harry Brown, and that kind of let me know what it's all about. And, um, I've been involved ever since. I've been state party chair, state party vice chair. Um, I've done cable access TV, written letters wow. to the editor. Um, you know, I've I've been been around. That's great. That's what we love to hear, Mike. We love to hear people taking action to advance alternative parties and the causes they support. So you were talking oh. about you read two books that were influential. I've, I'm familiar with Harry Brown's book. I remember reading that myself. What was the name of the other one? Uh, the Probability Brooch by L. Neil Smith. Huh. What's the premise it's of that a, book? It's a, it's a science fiction story. I have to disclose that I'm kind of, I'm a friend of L. Neil's. Uh, he passed away a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, basically, it's an alternate history where a uh, Denver police detective goes through, goes sideways into another timeline. And in this timeline... I mean, basically, we won back in 1776 in and anyway, from then on, I mean, history, that timeline's history was considerably freer than our own. Uh, they landed on the moon in the 1920s, um, had nuclear power and all, you know, working on fusion and such. And anyway, this, this Denver police detective gets, there, there's a plot where certain people in this world who don't like it, followers of Alexander Hamilton and such, want to use nuclear weapons that they grabbed from our world to hold that world hostage. And there's a bit of action adventure kind of stuff where they, they get defeated. And, but anyway, what the probability broach and it's a sequel novels, the Nagasaki vector and such, what, what they show you is that this is not only can not only work, but it's also, you know, can be fun too. Huh. And that was, that was the kind of, the point of why El Neal wrote the book. 
And a lot of people have been brought into the movement by that book and such. Um, anyway, he, he, as far as the Second Amendment caucus, the, the, he was the one that dreamed, who originally came up with the idea. Oh, he did. And back, back in the 90s, I believe. Huh. And, and basically the idea is to not only to introduce non-libertarians to the libertarian part, the people who are gun people who are not really on fully on board with what with libertarianism, but also to keep the keep reminding the libertarian party that the Second Amendment is a is a godsend of an issue for them. Okay. Which it really is. I mean um so anyway it's got that kind of dual purpose and okay. so anyway, so I'm the one who put up the Facebook page for it. Okay. So so do you think the Libertarian Party is not doing enough to advance the Second Amendment? I'm I'm not sure exactly what the Libertarian Party is is doing right now. Um there's the the infighting between the Mises caucus and the I guess the Gary Johnson twenty sixteen people. That may or may uh. not be dying out. But um so but for one uh, I've, I've been involved in the, in the New Mexico party for a while, and in 2016, the Gary Johnson people basically did a hostile takeover. Oh, yeah. And they said, oh, we're going to run th- things so much better than everybody before us and such. Well, they've kind of died out to nothing. And we, we had to form an alternate party here in New Mexico called the Free Libertarian Party of New Mexico. Oh, my. That is also idly. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Huh. But the uh, – oh, you might hear um, aircraft going overhead. My apartment is on the uh, final approach path for Kirtland Air Force Base. Interesting. And they also have, um, like, FedEx and UPS land their planes there, too. Oh, wow. Um, it, so, But, uh, yeah, so I'm not exactly sure what's going on with – the Libertarian Party at national or at state levels. I haven't heard of anything of of what people are of who's planning on running for the presidential nomination. Ah, uh, so I'm kind of wondering what's going on now. It could be that this is a you know we're, we're everybody's gearing up for the 24 election. So the so, so go ahead. Tell, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Kindly tell her I tell you. I'm sorry again. So you can go ahead. Go ahead. I'm I'm waiting for you. Okay. Kindly tell our audience how you interpret the Second Amendment. What do you see it as suggesting, and how do you perceive it? Well, this is. I mean, as far as the issue itself, I mean, it's all about the individual right to own and carry weapons for defense of yourself, for defense of your friends and family, your community, your nation. Um, Basically, like Thomas Jefferson said back in the the 1780s and 1790s, I mean, carry your gun with you in all your walks. And when when he said that, I don't think he meant go get federal, state, and local permission slips. Okay. But, and if, if you want to carry it further, I mean, you know, the, the right is not it's not it's not granted to you by the government. 
Okay, the, the reason they, they wrote it the way they did, it's the right pre-exists government. Okay, huh. you just being born as a sapient, self-aware entity have the right to defend your own life. Sure. And what what the Second Amendment is supposed to do, it's supposed to guarantee that government will not interfere in your exercise of that right. Does that make sense? It does. Yes. Um, kind, kind of like how the and kind of like how the First Amendment is really all about free expression. Yep. And you know you have the right to express yourself just because you're born as a self-aware person. Yeah. Okay, what the what the First Amendment says is government is not empowered to interfere in that right. Okay. Am I making sense? You are. Now you mentioned defense a couple of times when you're describing it. Does that preclude other reasons for owning firearms, or can you only do it for defense? Well, if, if you can, if you if you if you're good at defending yourself and you're proficient and such, um, other reasons are kind of just corollary reasons. You know, hunting, recreation. I mean. That's nice, but the primary reason that the, the owning and carry weapons is held to be a right is so that it is for defensive purposes. Okay. So now, then I, as, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But as far as like the recreational stuff, I mean, the, I mean, there's competitions where you can train to in the self-defense tactics and techniques. There's. Um, you know, if you're in certain parts of the Northwest, you have grizzly bears to worry about. So you're not only defending yourself against criminals and 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 tyranny, but you're also, you know, you might have some 800-pound grizzly bear or mountain lion coming after you. And so 911 isn't going to work much for you there. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's and and, and the, there's also people that that collect firearms. Um, yeah, that's. That's a corollary thing, but you know it's you know, but yeah, there, there's there's also there's also and plus, um, a lot of the people get into it because they like they appreciate the mechanics of it, of okay. you know how how you you know the the machining and and the physics of of how they operate and the ballistics and you know the technology involved. They're they're tech you know, um, so I mean there's lots of reasons why people get into firearms and. Um, it's kind of interesting, though. Okay, it's not just about guns. Okay, in a lot of the states where there are anti, where the the politicians, the the political types are anti-gun, they don't want you and I having weapons. They're also against you and I having other weapons: pepper spray, um, no. tasers, stun guns, um, batons. Um, California and New and Chicago tried to outlaw civilian possession of body armor. Okay, because well, you know, we don't know if you're going to be a criminal and use this stuff. That that's their their line. Um, there was a case in Massachusetts, Catano versus Massachusetts, where somebody used a stun gun to run off a bad guy, and it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said Massachusetts law against civilian possession of stun guns is unconstitutional. Hmm. So, 
you know, it's not, it's not about guns per se. It's about, you know, the, you having the right to to defend your own life and, and the lives of people around you and defend property. And to, def- to do that, you have to have the best available tools to do it. Okay. So. But so a- what anyway. About, the, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, what if, since you're, you're emphasizing the defense part, I'm thinking about all the people that will say, then that will make them want to limit the weapons you can use because they'll say some weapons are, they're, they're not for defense. They're so, they're, they're to kill. They're not to defend or they're, have no defensive purposes and then they want to limit weapons. How would you respond to that? Well, when the founders wrote the Second Amendment, they just got done running off the, the basically, the world's equivalent of what we are today, the United States. Okay, back then the British Empire was to the rest of the world what the United States is to the rest of the world right now. And the Founding Fathers ran them off. Told them, hey, this is our our gig over here. You go away. And and they were able to make it stick. Okay, granted we had support from the French and Spanish military. Um, They almost got together in 1779 and and invaded England over this, but, um, you know, we, you know, Thomas Jefferson, even Alexander Hamilton, I mean, they, they ran off the world superpower of the day. So, I mean, they had privately owned cannon back then. They had privately owned warships. That's like today someone like Elon Musk having his own Arleigh Burke-class destroyer. And okay. back then, it was it, it was perfectly fine. Um, as far as the privately owned cannon, there were people that had those up until the 1860s. And it's just, you know, the, the, when they wrote it, you know, they weren't concerned about, you know, how, how can we make sure that only the right people have them. Oh, interesting. And there was a little bit, but... Um, for example, the Coast Guard got started as the revenuers back in the 1790s, trying to keep um, the loyalists from bringing in weapons to overthrow the new government. But by and large, they wanted they wanted they wanted the civilian population to have military parity over the federal government. Okay. Meaning they have the same sort of stuff the feds had, and Federalist Paper 46 by I think it was James Madison. He said the reason we could put up with a twenty-five to thirty thousand man standing army is because if that army ever got out of line, there would be three million civilians with similar weapons and similar training that could whoop that army. Hmm. And he was he was one of the big government guys of the day. Okay. So now it's kind of funny. Um, um, a lot, a lot of people say, well, you know, what about nukes? What about tanks? Well, in the Ukraine, the, uh, Ukrainian farmers were using the tractors to run off with Russian tanks that had been abandoned. Uh, basically because they ran out of fuel and the Russians just left them and it was a conscript army. But, um, yeah, yeah, they were okay with that. They'd take the tank home and, you know, maybe fix it up and use it on, on their side. And, uh, Zelensky was, you know, when when Russia invaded, they they had a, a firearm licensing scheme, and he he threw it in the trash and said, if 
you know, if you want to come over here and shoot at Russians, we'll give you a rifle and, you know, we'll let you go out there. And he was giving away, like, RPGs, rocket, you know, anti-tank rifle rockets. He was giving, you know, machine guns. If you could carry it and you were willing to use it in defense of the Ukraine, here, have it. That kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's... In, in, in 1989, when, when the Romanians overthrow the Ceausescu's, um, they did it with military weapons that they had taken from the government forces, and they put the Ceausescu's up against the wall and executed them. Um, you know, the, the, Joe Biden says, well, you know, you're going to fight off uh, F-16s and such with the your rifles, and you're going to fight off tanks? Well, I don't know. The Taliban did a, did a pretty good job of it. Um, it, it they left like 300,000 M4 rifles over there, a uh, few hundred Black Hawk helico- helicopters, M240 machine guns, the belt-fed ones. Um, so, but the, and also, okay, some, you know, so they say, what, what if somebody drives a tank up to you? Here's the new Abrams X tank that they're coming out with. What if somebody drives up to your house with that? What they seem to forget is that, okay, there's no restroom, sleeping compartment, break room, you know, way to cook your dinner in there, no medical facilities in the tank. At some point, you have to, you know, the driver, the gunner, the loader, the tank commander, they have to exit that vehicle. Okay? And when they do that, they're vulnerable. Okay, it's the same thing with it with uh, the F-16, the F-15. Yeah, when it's up there and in, in, when it's flying around a couple thousand feet, it's you're not going to be able to do anything with a rifle or pistol. But the pilot can't stay up there forever. You know, to uh, eventually they get tired, they have to land that plane. And when they, they land, run out. yeah, they're they're vulnerable. Well, also studies have been done that say you know they interviewed military people. Would you be willing to fire on American civilians? It routinely comes back seventy, eighty percent no. That's uh, same thing. Same thing with cops, especially these rural cops. They don't want any part of it. Um, America has the world's largest supply of precision machine tools, and so I once saw a comment posted by a, machine, a machinist on an article about this stuff, and. And he says, all I need is time and metal. I can I can make anything I want. Go ahead and write your bands and such. Um, we also have the world's largest supply of existing weapons, somewhere between 400, to, 400 million to a billion, depending on who you ask. Um, I mean, look at the cartels. They bring people. They bring people and drugs through the southern border any time they want. Outlawing firearms is going to give them another commodity to invest in and bring it across. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, they, they talk, the, the anti-gun people talk about banning this, banning that, and, you know, this was all before, and then we have, now we have the 3D printed guns that you can make. So, yeah, it's, it's, but at the same time, we have to keep reminding people of this stuff. That's why the LSAC exists to basically to introduce libertarianism to the gun people who are kind of sitting on the fence. The, the hostile people, you're never really going to convince them. 
But the people who are sitting on the fence, hey, maybe they'll work with us on other stuff too. There you go. At, at the same time, you know, we have people in the LP that, you know, think the Second Amendment isn't a big deal and we can just blow it off. Um, the 2016 vice presidential candidate, for example, um, yeah, I, the less I hear or see from that one, the better. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, just, um, so anyway, we're here in New Mexico, we're waiting for the LP to kind of figure out what they want to do. And our, 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 we had a, we had a, um, an organizing convention back in March and we elected, uh, Karen Godoni, who was the 2020, the 22 gubernatorial candidate. And she won the election for state chair. And then she got sick some, I, she had some kind of medical problem, so then she had to step down a couple of months later. So now we're waiting to see what, who we can, when we can have another chair election. Uh, but, um, yeah, so we're kind of, and we, we also have this, um, what do you call it, possible legal battle with the, the Gary Johnson people and over who has the who has the right to use the name and such and who has the right to ballot access and uh but, yeah but in the meantime we're just kind of you know right right now is an off year in New Mexico so there's not much there's municipal elections going on which not really much activity there so I don't know. So we're kind of in wait and see mode right now. So what okay. kind of questions? What kind of questions do you have? How do you evaluate the state of gun rights right now? I take it you're you feel they're inadequate right now. They're inadequate, but they're improving. And okay. You've seen the stories about Clarence Thomas and such, how, you know, they want to get rid of them because they're calling them corrupt and such. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I wish he'd stay on the bench a thousand years. Oh my. For New, New York versus New York State, New York State Rifle Pistol Association versus Bruin, the Bruin case. Um, he didn't just knock it out of the park. That ball, that ball's going to be flying past the Voyager 1, Voyager 2 soon. Um, oh my. Yeah, I mean, the anti-gun anti-gun people are just absolutely apoplectic about it, and they're, oh my God, you know, this is gonna, this is gonna, we're, we're gonna see blood in the streets, and except that doesn't actually happen in real life. Every time one of the one of their gun bans or whatever goes away, they're predicting, you know, carnage all over the place, like. You know, like the Purge movie, where there's just, you know, people just killing each other right and left. Except that never actually happens. Okay? You're over in Texas. You have gun shows, right? Yeah. Where you go in and they have all kind of people selling guns, selling ammunition, selling knives, all kind of stuff. Sure. And I've, they, they kind of shut them down here because our state and our governor and our mayor here are anti-gun. But over there, I've been to a few of them here in New Mexico before that, and there you don't see anybody getting shot in those. 
if the anti-gun people were anywhere close to being in the ballpark, I mean, you'd, there'd be there'd be nothing but people getting shot in those. But it never happens. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've yeah I've read about people you you saying the school shootings are blown out of proportion because it's a very small cause of death in the United States, whereas there's other things that are many many times more. So that that's as often used for anti-gun. Well, I mean, you have more people dr- die and die by drowning in the bathtub and car accidents and yeah, you, know, you don't drowning in swimming pools and stuff like that. And, yeah. Um. So why is there no hue and cry to outlaw those? I mean, but yeah, and also a lot of these places where where these things happen. They have signs on the doors and, and the windows and the parking lots. No far, no weapons allowed on the property. So, you know, when, when somebody's looking to come in and, and kill a bunch of people, I'm, what you mean they they don't take their car take their gun back out to the car after they see the sign? No, they keep on going because they ignore the sign. You, you know, the, the criminals have found the massive loophole in all these different proposals called breaking the law. Huh. So, um, I believe it was El Neal who first um, coined the phrase victim disarmament. Okay. And, and, well, these people claim it's all about gun safety and gun law, um, gun control. and Real gun safety is what the NRA teaches you on the shooting range. The four safety rules, the fundamentals of marksmanship, when knowing what's a proper target. Okay? Okay. What these people are calling for is what El Neal calls victim disarmament. And basically, what the, the people who are most likely to be disarmed are the, the victims of crime and terrorism and such. Okay? Because the criminals, they they want to get a weapon, they go get a weapon. You know, they, they do it over in the U.K. In Australia, the biker gangs are making their, making their own weapons. And this is without 3D printing. They just make them. There's a couple. Fa- uh, there's a Facebook page where the, the guy does. He has pictures of all these homemade weapons that are confiscated by law enforcement in Brazil and the Philippines. And I mean, they they don't look. They're not pretty, but I imagine they work. Sure. So, but yeah. So, um, you know, cr- criminals don't criminals don't obey the law. I mean, if they're not willing to, if they're willing to just kill a bunch of people for laughs. They're not going to bother obeying that little sticker on the window that says no weapons allowed in the building. True. So. So since you were mentioning the NRA's courses, do you think there should be mandatory courses to get a license, or what do you feel about that? Well, that would be that would be my deviation from libertarian orthodoxy. Okay. Um, Basically, if we're going to have public schools, make them actually teach something worthwhile. Um, so, yeah, so like a graduation requirement should be firearms safety and proficiency to graduate from high school. That works. That's a good idea. You know, we, we're, um, in fact, um, I've taken the, uh, the level three security course here in New Mexico for, I've been in the security profession for a while. Level one, you're unarmed. Okay, level two, you have, like, the pepper spray, the baton. Um, if you go for additional training, you can get a taser. 
Level three is where you they train you on how to use a pistol. And there, the qualification course, you you start out at 25 yards, and you do standing, and then you do kneeling, and then you do prone, and then you come into 15 yards, and then you go to 10 yards, and and then seven and five and three, and and you have to get so many. When it's all done, you have to get out of 100 shots you fired. You have to have 80 of them on the target. Okay, and, and it's not as it's not as easy as you would think. Sure. And make, make something like that a requirement to graduate from high school. Wow. And also, um, also, like how do you, how to properly use a, a pocket knife, and uh, how to use a knife like the Boy Scouts used to teach. They called it totem chip. Okay, or totem chip. I think I, I think it was pronounced. But yeah, they, they teach you, you know. The, the way to use a knife safely without slicing your hand open. Something like that should be a graduation requirement. Um, you know, you, we're, we're basically raising a, a generation to be stupid and scared. And so anyway, but um, yeah, let's, you know, make those requirements to graduate from high school. Wow. That is so, a new idea. I've never heard anything like that. And, you know, I mean, as far as uh, mandatory training requirements, I mean, you know, you should get that training from, you know, your your high school, from your parents, from, you know, have the cops do something worthwhile and have them mm -hmm. go into schools and, and teach this stuff. And then maybe their own marksmanship will get better, too. There you go. Um, maybe have some kind of martial arts curriculum in, in schools too. So that way, you know, you don't have kids, you know, the, the bullies and such, when, when they know you're proficient and you're willing to stand up to them, they're not going to do as much. Um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, have, what's the, have, what's the word I'm here looking for? <clears throat> Instead of trying to eliminate the threat, Harden the targets. Okay, um, I believe it was Coley Noir, who's in in Texas, um, the black guy with the um, does the Second Amendment uh, YouTube channels. Um, he was saying, if you're going to have these no guns rules on your on your buildings and such, actually enforce it. Have somebody there with a, with and doing doing pat downs and metal and metal detectors. But even better would be to train the potential victims on how to handle themselves when this sort of thing happens and not just cower under the desk, but, you know, so that they can actually defend themselves and take action to defend themselves. Sure. So that would be my, my, um, divergence from libertarian orthodoxy. Um, I can go, I can go even further. Um, El Neal wrote a, a uh, graphic novel back in the 90s, I believe it was, called Roswell, Texas, where it's an alternate history where in in the the state of Texas goes independent, and they have a rule where you must be armed at all times, basically, like Kennesaw Mountain, Georgia is in in this world. And you know, if you want to go without, then you have to go through all the background checks and get photographed and fingerprinted to make sure you're not a complete whack job. Hmm. Interesting. So, that's an interesting twist. But yeah, that's um. Oh, 
I think it's, that's pretty much what I got on this issue here. Okay. That's good. That's good information. Interesting perspective. So how can our audience support the Second Amendment Caucus? I don't have a donation link set up right now, and I haven't gone through all the, the federal and state paperwork that's, you know, as far as campaign finance and such that's required. You have to form a PAC and, and all this stuff. Um, basically, just spread the word about what it's about. Okay. So they can um, go to your page and share that? Yeah. I, I will I will say that Facebook is has been incredibly difficult to work with the past few months. Oh no. I where you have to switch into your page and you you know, from your profile to your page and all this happy nonsense. Because okay. um, I have twenty I have twenty some different pages. Oh yeah. And to, to use each one of them you have to switch into the page and it's 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 a headache. They're really asking for someone to put out a better way to do things and take all their business away. Yeah. So it's – I've seen a couple that may be on, in, on the road to doing that, but I'm not sure. Okay. So. But, all right. Um, so I so, can visit your Facebook page. Yes, the Facebook page. Um, hold on a second. Um, the, or there's a if you go to lnlsmith.org slash libertair, like libertarian without the I-A-N on the end, dot HTML, and that's the original page that Elniel put up. Um, Wait, it's lniel.org? lnlsmith.org, and just uh, you go to the Lever Action Essays part of it and scroll down and you'll see it. Okay. And I should probably post a link to it on on the page. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Um, okay, I'm drawing a blank now. It's okay. So, what what else you got? That that is oh that's that's good. We wanted to make sure our audience can reach you or do the page. Is there a, if they want to? You're talking about the Libertarian Party of Nevada, and you were talking about how you perceive it to be a big mess. So I don't know if we want to refer people to the party well, to I'm, join. Well, I'm not in Nevada. I'm in New Mexico. New Mexico. I'm sorry. I'm, I okay. So uh, let me let me just give the two websites of the two organizations, and there's the the L, there's the Gary Johnson bunch at lpnm.us. U.S. Okay. Okay, then there's the other bunch at the Free Libertarian Party of New Mexico at flpnm.org. And, okay. you know, just go to them, take a look at them. I, some of them might be in flux right now because of the, the legal situation, but I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, just take a look at the websites and, you know, make up your own mind. I mean, that's what we're all about anyway, right? Yes. Yep. Sounds good. Um, All right. Okay. Yeah, that was good stuff, Mike. We thank you for sharing that, and we wish you and the caucus all the best. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Take care, and we wish you the best in everything you do in life. Thank you. Bye now. Okay. Bye.